Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to now be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Santa Monica, California, my guest is a singer-songwriter who plays piano. Her newest single, Heart Over Heels, is streaming on Spotify and can be purchased on iTunes. She has a number of previous releases also available on iTunes. She is signed to Slate Records and has a huge following, more than 1.3 million and constantly growing on her Facebook page alone. You've been hearing one of her songs, Battle Cry, which is from last year's EP entitled Scarlet. It is my pleasure to welcome to the show, Scarlet Rabe. Wow, what a welcome. Thank you very much, Bruce. (laughs) You're welcome. They're all true facts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said them with such oomph, it just really made me feel special. <laughs> good, good. Um, well, thank you so much for, for being here. And I must say, in, in setting up this interview, it was so great to see your eagerness to be on the show and, and promote your music and talk all about what you're doing. So thank you for that. Oh, this is, this is, my, this is my favorite thing to do. Very good, very good. For those that have been listening regularly, I've been getting off track the last few episodes in terms of what kind of seemed to be the standard first question. So today I made a note to myself that before things get away from me again, Scarlett, tell us about that song Battle Cry that was just playing during the intro. Oh, okay. It was, uh, well, it was the first single off my EP, Scarlet. It, um, you know, I, 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 I don't want to answer, uh, too deeply because uh, they're just getting started off, but um, you know it's a really uh, intense and special song to me. Uh, there's, you know, there's just been many periods of my life where uh, I didn't have that strength, and I don't always still have it. But that is still my. Uh, um, it's you know it's a battle cry it's it's a declaration it's it's uh it's a it's it's coming from that place where you're saying i am not afraid or ashamed of what i am and what i want and what i'm doing and not only am i not ashamed of it i'm not sorry i wouldn't change it if i could you know sometimes i think that you know we'll accept what we are but if we could trade with something else or or be a different way we 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 might and um then i i think uh you know further along the path you you get to the point where you realize uh i meant to be this and i wouldn't trade and i'm 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 not sorry that this is that this is what's in me and and it doesn't matter what it is you know that is in you um i think that it's it's really uh, important and beautiful to to have you know that conviction and, and that that love and, and and bravery so i know that was probably a really deep dive for especially for question one but i can't really do anything uh not intensely i guess yeah and i was going to say not at all you know and, and i i should have told you off air you know to, to to please you know go as deep as you want and, and the answers can be as long as you want and you know the I, I would say there are no rules on the show i mean they're you know they're sort of unwritten rules but but you know what you just did there a couple things for, for openers, um, you know, shows how, how truly passionate you are about what you do. 
And, and more importantly, it does exactly what I want the guests to do on the show, particularly those that are songwriters, is to really take people inside that song because, you know, I have the benefit of going with clients. We're actually recording this uh, prior to the trip that I'll be making up to the Florida Panhandle with a client of mine for a songwriters festival, and uh, and the show will be airing after I, I will have just come back from that. But, you know, those are great places. You, you go to a songwriters festival if, if you're a music listener and you expect to hear them sitting there telling these stories and not just saying, uh, it's a song about a car, wrote it a year ago. Like, yeah. Okay, well, that doesn't tell me much. So, you know, the, the description that you just gave, you know, bring it on. And, and I say that globally, you know, to, to any and all future guests, because that's, you know, that's a, a large part of, of what this show is all about. So thank you. And, and, uh, and don't hold back. Um, you know, again, okay. it's a wonderful testimony to, to, your, to your passion for what you're doing. So I mentioned in the intro that the Scarlet EP, that Battle Cry is on, was released a year ago. But then earlier this year, there was a whole release done called Battle Cry, parentheses, the remixes, with nine different versions of that one song on there. So talk, if you would, Scarlett, about how a project like that comes to be. Who's, whose idea was it? How were the four guys chosen who did those remixes? How much say did you have and you know, what those came out sounding like? That, that type of thing. Oh, well, uh, it, it's actually kind of funny because I'm uh, just a hideous dancer, um, and I'm not much of like a go-to-the-club-and-show-off-my-moves kind of thing, but um, Battle Cry received a lot of... Um, a lot of response from a lot of different um, people, like women, uh, really latched onto it as as a, a you know a feminist declaration. And there was even a, a really beautiful film that All Out and LGBT uh, Equal Rights Group did, and, and it just received a lot of. Um, a lot of feedback from so many different kinds of fans, which uh, every songwriter will will testify that when your song goes through the experiences in the heart of a different person and it takes on a whole new life, but then they they share it back with you. You know what you've what you've said and what you've spoken to their heart, and it comes back to you through their eyes and their experiences. It's it's like it's um, it's a it's a, a fulfillment and a joy that far surpasses the already beautiful experience of just creating it for yourself. And um, because it receives such um, you know such like love and 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 just universal um, uh, I guess. Uh, strength, you know, uh, we decided to, um, accept some remixers who said, you know, I want to remix this. I want to take this Mm. to the dance floor. And I'm not typically, I'm not typically a dance artist. You know, if you listen to my EP, there aren't beats and it's not, you know, four on the floor and, you know, Mm. 808s and whatever, Mm. but, but, um, you know, I had a lot of people saying, I want to remix this. This is such a powerful song. And, I thought, you know what, why not? That's actually really dope. So, um, uh, Dave Day did one, and Stephen, I mean, you can you can look at the, Dave Day's remix is the, is the one that I think um, is the most uh, maybe well-known at this point, but, but I love them all, and, and I, like I said, I love hearing something that I created through another uh, pair of, eyes and another heartbeat and and so i don't know if that's specific enough in how it got done you know obviously like people make deals and like they call and you gotta you know figure out all the all the papers and sign the stuff and all that but uh that's the boring part but um (laughs) you know but just having just having that outreach to me was really overwhelming and really cool and something i can't wait to do again because uh that was really, really fun. Very good. Very good. And, uh, you know, then you got guys like me that say, no, it's not boring. That's kind of the part of my job that I like to do, <laughs> looking at paperwork and promoting people and whatever. But, you know, it's funny that you said uh, that you don't consider yourself a dancer because 
Now, mind you, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that you should be on Dancing with the Stars. No offense, uh, but uh, you know, but but watching the Battle Cry video, which I have, there is a little bit in there in the latter part of the video, you know, where I where I see you like dance just enough to go, oh, she even dances a little bit. That's kind of cool. <laughs> oh well, you are you are generous <laughs> and very kind, and I would like to um, I would like to call you my friend. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, You're welcome. I, I, hope, I hope you will call me your friend. By the way, um, no, but you know, I mean, I I think I I mean, you pulled it off, you know, and and, and I thought you were going to say you're very observant because um, I noticed it and, and it and it looked fine to me. No, I, you know, I spent most of my life. Uh, sitting at a piano and and perhaps you know it's self-deprecating because I tend to be that way sometimes because I think it's funnier than you know than being too serious about myself but I you know I always just joke and say you know I told whoever made me that I wanted to be a pianist and they said oh well we're just going to have to strip all of your coordination from your entire (laughs) body and put it in your fingers because there's not much (laughs) so um but you know I I do love to dance I just I'm I consider myself to be quite terrible at it (laughs) do you uh do you give Elaine from Seinfeld a run for her money with the dancing Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I I have only seen little snippets because I'm not super familiar yeah, with the maybe show. Maybe not but that yeah, bad, I, Bruce. <laughs> but well, I saw that. Yeah, I'm bad. So anyhow, um, we were, we were talking about uh, the Scarlet EP and and the Battle Cry, uh, the remixes, and and it all started with a six song EP in 2011 called Love Scars. So a good amount of yeah. music, a good amount of music out there from you over. A time period of just a few years. Do do you intend to kind of keep up that pace? Oh yeah. I mean, I well, actually, Love Scars. Here's a little um, interesting tidbit. Love Scars is actually an 18 song album that oh. I never released. Uh, I released the EP and started on like the radio tour for the first single, Never Know, and and it was my first release, and I didn't realize how. Uh, long the process of supporting an album and singles is. So I, by the time it was time to release the album, I was already just creatively so past that, you know, and I was so ready. I'd already written the whole next phase. And so I actually, like, I've got all these copies of Love Scars, the album that I had, you know, produced they're mm. in my closet still uh-huh. um but yeah i mean i i'm sure at some point there will be like a writer's block i alluded to you know parts of my life where what i am and what i do and, and the dreams that i have weren't welcome and um currently i have not been able to you know stop this and turn it off and so I, I'll just keep on making music and I guess until there's no more, but I, I haven't been able to turn it off. I tried for a long time to, 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 to turn these songs off and to stop it and cut it out of me because, <laughs> you know, it wasn't welcome. It wasn't the plan that had been made for me, but here I am nonetheless. Well, you started to say there will be pause, a period of writer's block. And I thought you were going to say there will be someday when I'm, known the world over in a multimillionaire, there will be a, a box set released and uh, there will be one disc that says previously unreleased material and it'll be those other 12 songs from the original 18 <laughs> song Love Scars CD. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's actually really funny. I gave like, I don't know, maybe 20 copies of it away like when I was first released, when I first got it made just to like some people and you know, I had big dreams back then. I didn't know what I didn't know, and so I like mailed it to radio people and whatever. And uh, some of those copies have made their way onto Amazon, and uh-huh. some of my really ardent fans have found them on An- Amazon, and they have you know the the actual release CD, which is funny, also frustrating because it's like somebody else made money off of my CD yeah, and yeah, I didn't, yeah. but <laughs> that's the nature of, but still, you know, really cool. Yeah. I mean, maybe I will someday. I'm not sure, but yeah, not to mention that you're going to be doing a show somewhere and someone's going to yell out, can you do, and you know, whatever was like track number 11 on that. It's like, Oh gosh, I haven't played that song in five years. So no, I can't. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I could, 
I could still. I mentioned in the intro that you're signed to Slate Records, who bills themselves as being an independent record label that considers themselves major. But they also yeah. they also pretty much state, look, folks, please don't send us unsolicited material or try to get a hold of us asking, can you sign me? So I know that the aspiring singer-songwriters, the, the up-and-coming artists that are listening to this episode, want to know, how did you get signed by them? And, and do you have more of an appreciation for how labels do have to tell people, look, we got to nicely ask, please not cold call us with your music and your wishes to be signed? Yeah, you know... Um it's everybody, you know, everybody wants to be signed and, 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 and Slate Records is a fantastic label. They're very um, supportive and, you know, something that I think labels are starting, like especially independent labels now are starting to do, um, you know, they're willing to put the time and in, into the development of the artist. If you look back at, you know, some of our most cherished artists of, like, the 70s and the 80s, like, it took them a while in development before they before they hit that, you know, that collection of songs that, that cemented them in the history of music forever. And, and some of the, um, you know, the changes in, in, in the, the music world, the Internet and... and and the labels and everything having been shifted, like, basically upside down, there isn't as much um, willingness to let you find, you know, find exactly what your artistic voice is. You have a lot of pressure to just, you know, make all the money back right, right off the bat and, and have, you know, that hit single, but then it the world as it is right now also just kind of evaporates really quickly and then and uh it's it's harder to you know build a long a long career with that kind of a uh paradigm where it's just like you're just trying to go for that hit track and it's not necessarily you and it's not necessarily authentic but it's just like i've got to have that hit and so i feel very fortunate that um you know i like i do want to have those hits and I, and I work very, very hard at my craft so that I can make my melodies tighter and make my lyrics better. And because what I want is a song that translates to everybody and, and does have that, that ability to reach masses, not because I want fame or popularity, but it's just my passion to, to share that experience with so many people. And so I do want that, but in the meantime, I know that it's it's a process and it's development. So I feel really lucky to be on a label that um, that fosters the um, the artistic journey, you know, without the pressure of the commercial side. and And it's a line that we're always trying to walk, you know if you just make a self-indulgent art project, you will, you know, delight some people and, um, and, and, you know, your most intense loving fans will just love it, but it won't necessarily reach as many people. You have right. to, you know, you have to be smart. You have to walk the line of art and commerce. And, and I don't profess to, uh, even succeed at that at all, but it is definitely my focus and my, um, you know, my, my desire. And, um, so anyway, I don't know if that answered your question, but. No, well said, well yeah, said, but, you know, there was a, there was a portion in there where you were, I, I thought you were about to take down Al Gore for inventing the internet in the first place. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, no. the, no, the comment, you know, the commentary on, on, you know, the business element is, is very relevant and it's one that is a, is, is a, a thread that's woven frequently throughout this show. Uh, I, I can remember specifically and, and listeners, if, if you're really intrigued by that aspect of the business that, that Scarlett is referring to, go back and listen to episode 10 with June McHugh. She had a music publishing company on Music Row in Nashville for six years and also, uh, episode 24, Johnny Garcia, He's actually the lead guitar player for Garth Brooks, uh, but Johnny has a music publishing company of actually two of them, I believe, in Nashville, 
And uh, both of those episodes gave some really good and helpful insights. And, and so, Scarlett, you know, as I mentioned, what, what you're saying is, is very relevant and, uh, and, you know, by all means, welcome. So don't hold back. Cool. <laughs> all right, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't hate what has happened to the industry. I mean, I do sometimes um, I wonder how we, uh, you know, we will turn out. I wonder, you know, how the music industry will uh, create, you know, the new, the the new way of working because it's not necessarily working. But I am far from the person who is, you know, berating the the use of the internet and the tools and and even the freeness, you know, of of music. I I don't think that music should be free, but at the same time, I I didn't think that the other model was working at all. And I know it'll correct itself. And we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. But the tools that we have now, you know, anybody who starts complaining that the internet ruined everything and Napster and whatever, all that stuff, I, I don't understand that because the tools that we have now, and if you're willing to work really, really hard, and you have to work really, really hard. I mean, I don't, I, I'm the kind of person who was born, I think I was born to work and then my parents, like, hammered that all the way home and and the the you know the the philosophy I guess that that my parents had was you know if you're not working you'd better be dead because like those are your only options so um you know I'm 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 a really really intense worker and and sometimes you know it doesn't really fit in this city especially where I live because not everybody is as as crazy as me, and that's fine. But if you are willing to work really, really hard and to take, um, you know, if you have a desire to to take charge of every single aspect of your vision, you have tools for everything you want. I mean, it is just the coolest, craziest thing. You can literally develop yourself. You can do anything you want, all of the tools are there for us as artists. And I can't imagine how going back to the pre-internet days where you had to rely on so many other people to just open the gate and let you through, I can't imagine how that would be a better scenario. Sure, it's hard. You know, there are millions and millions and millions and millions of bands now trying to get people to listen to them, and it's hard to reach your audience, and people are overwhelmed and over-flooded, and you you can't necessarily... um, hope that somebody will want to spend a lot of time on you, but we still do love to spend a lot of time and dig deep for those artists and the people that we fall for, the people that speak to us. We do want to dig deep. You know, we want to binge watch and binge listen and, and binge take in those things that do speak to us, you know, which is why one episode of something a week is no longer okay. We need the whole season all at once, you know, so it the the desire is there and the connection is there and the tools are there and everything is there. It's such a fantastic um, set of tools. Sure, it's you know it's really super hard too, but I I still can't imagine how how the old paradigm could be better because you know you you're up you know you're at the mercy of so many other people who, if they don't see it or if they don't care or if they're not as dedicated or whatever, you just get pushed in the corner. You would. Yeah. 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 And, and I, so I, uh, you know, I, you got to take, take the the good with the bad and, and just, you know, keep on going. Well, take the good with the bad and also take the bull by the horns. I mean, it's, it's, it's tremendous to meet someone, uh, on on the other coast, um, who who's on an opposite coast, but but who has the exact same work ethic as me. I'm I'm such a, a tireless and passionate worker, just like you're describing. That that's why on the now here this website it says that our hours are twenty four seven because you know PR is is a, uh, is a is an around the clock business, and so I'm you know I'm right there with you in terms of just absolutely pouring everything. As I was driving over here to the studio. 
you know, I'm always either calling back and leaving myself a voicemail message, don't forget to do this, or make sure you do that, or I just use the app on my phone where I send myself a voice note to my email. Um, I, I wanted to just, you know, uh, and <laughs> I remember on, on episode 25 with the Redheads, and I, I think I also did this on episode 28 with Melissa Joyner, where I said, it's not polite to ask a girl her age, um, but I want to ask you your age if you don't mind me telling, and, and, then, I'll, and then I'll make my point. You know, I never tell people, and the reason why is because I once uh, I had a meeting with a label executive, and I told him how old I was, and he told me I was expired. He told wow, me that wow. since I was not, I was not seventeen. I had wow. expired. Wow. Well, I can I can make I, my point without it. That, that's fine. But but that's boy, you can you can finish yeah. the story. But I'm just wow. He actually said you are expired, and I. I vowed right then and there that I would not, I don't think it matters. I'm yeah, old yeah. enough and I'm young enough. Yep. You yep. know, like well I, said. Well said. So. I like that. I like that. What a great attitude. Well, the point I was going to make was, let's just say that Scarlett is 21 for purposes of this example, which would mean that you would have been born in 1993. And my point is that, you know, in the context of the internet and, and, and people not necessarily agreeing, you know, with some of the things that you were describing. Let's face facts. In 1993, if you were an artist that was putting out a new album, let's say you were based in Santa Monica, California, how quickly and easily do you think it would be to get that music played in the Czech Republic and in France right. and in Australia and in the, the right. list goes on? You know, this show, now here, this entertainment, I, ju- I was just looking today two more new countries that have come on board, Indonesia and Korea. How how would this show have been able to be heard? And I think it's I think it's up to it's probably about thirty three countries now, not to mention all throughout the United States. How would that be possible without the internet, without you know, all the gadgetry, without all the apps, without all the you know, they they used to call it new media, uh, but but you know what I'm referring to. So you know, it, yeah. it is wonderful yeah. that, that now people, you know, down in uh, the Dominican Republic can get Scarlet Rabe's music the same way that someone, you know, 15 miles away from you can. Absolutely. And my fan base is, you know, maybe currently 10% United States and all the rest is just all over the world. Wow. And I, it, it's the same, I you know, I feel the same as you. How could that have happened before? It couldn't. And it's so incredible, like the tools that we have behind the scenes, you can go and find, you know, exactly who and where and when and what, like what song they're listening to and, and how, how old they are and if they're male or female and what they do. Like, it's just amazing. Like you can plan a tour by your, like, it's just incredible. The amount of tools that we have. If you, like you said, take the bull by the horns and just, and, and use everything at your disposal. Absolutely. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Santa Monica, California, is singer-songwriter Scarlett Rabe. Visit her official website at www.scarletrabe.com, and her first name is spelled with two Ts, and of course her last name is R-A-B-E. She is all over social media, too. There's a section on her website called Posts, which gives you links so you can engage with Scarlett on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And again, there is lots of music from her available on iTunes. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's spelled H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it oh so easy to get the show every week. It'll just download automatically when a new episode comes out, so you don't even have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast. Post your comments on that Facebook page that I just mentioned. It's facebook.com slash nowhearthisinc. Scarlett, let's get into your background here, your upbringing, because I don't think a lengthy interview such as this one can be done without telling people what shaped you into the artist that you are today. Plus, I think your story might just help some young people that are listening that perhaps might struggle with doubt because of whatever challenging circumstances they might be in at home. So you are the oldest of eight children, yet your family didn't have a TV. I apologize for for chuckling at that. Uh, Now, again, (laughs) as young as you are, this still wasn't at a time when electronic gadgets were as common in every household as they are now in 2014. What all did everyone do for fun and relaxation in your house when you were growing up? Well, not only was there not a television, there was 
Um, my 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 parents are both uh, intensely religious and also just intensely. Um, they just had really high expectations and and would not allow anything that they deemed worldly into our life. So even oh, if it had been, you know, all of this, you know, phones and whatever, it would not have been allowed. There was no radio. There was no TV. There were no movies. It wasn't even acceptable to listen to, like, Christian rock, because that oh. was even too worldly. It was literally classical music or sacred music, and that was my entire exposure. And um, and similarly, like, it's not like we had friends' houses that we could go to and things like that. There was just so much to do. There was so much work to do that there wasn't relaxation and mm. fun. I mean, mm. we made up really weird games, and I, like, and so... Like I'm in love with um, with the childhood that I had because it's so inventive <laughs> and crazy compared to the people that were you know raised with me. Like we we lived in our imaginations and and we we dumpster dived and and we you know we were we played crazy knife games and I mean it was just <laughs> looking back uh, just crazy, <laughs> but. Um, but uh, just, you know, like we, there were eight of us, and my mom was really, really, really determined to have, a you know, this big, beautiful musical family. And so she woke us up every morning, every single morning at five in the morning, and we all had to practice the piano and the violin. It was not a choice. Mm-hmm. And, like, my poor brother was not allowed to do football, even though he wanted to so badly and begged and cried and pleaded for, you know, ever that he had to play the violin and the piano. I mean, it's just, you know, in some ways, maybe a little crazy, but um, <laughs> but still, you know, it makes for good, it makes for good uh, songwriting, I guess. I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and the movie is in development, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we were all up at five every morning, and there were... You know, some of us were practicing the violin in the bathroom because, you know, there weren't very many bedrooms in our house. We had one bathroom for all of us to share and and then two bedrooms for all of us to share. I mean, like, it was, it was, it was crazy. We all slept in the same mattress. Like, it was just, it was just a crazy, a crazy growing up. But up at five, practicing, you know, two hours before school, then our chores and then go to school and then come home. And, and there were eight kids. There is so much to do for, you know, that family and my, my mom uh, taught piano lessons pretty much all the time. She was the sole breadwinner for for most of my life. My my father kind of uh, went in and out of employment and and started up businesses and then changed. You know, he was a a free spirit, I guess, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, business-wise. And so my mom, you know, supported the family with piano lessons, which made me the mom instead of her. It, it it made you the mom, but 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 tell the story. Go ahead, because I, I, you know, I want the listeners to hear how your mom being a piano teacher led to all of a sudden you were you were up on the piano bench starting to play at a very young age, and 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 like you said, despite the fact that you were not allowed to listen to the likes of the Rolling Stones or the Beatles. Right. Yeah. She she was a piano teacher, and um, you know, it, she's. It was the perfect uh, storm, I guess. I I was born basically like already with music in in me, and so when I was three, I climbed up on the piano bench and I started playing by ear this little sonatina that she had just finished teaching, and she freaked out obviously. Um, and she started teaching me. Well, by the time I was five, she just took me to her college professor, and I started taking with all the college kids wow. as a wow. five-year-old. Wow! Didn't phase me at all. You know, like I, I, it's all I've, it's all I ever knew. You know, so um, and then I started in competitions right around four or five. By the time I was seven, I I won a competition to play a concerto with the symphony, and like it's just I. Mm. It's been my it's been my uh, reality since before I have any memories. And my mother really gave me so much, you know, even though the music that I do right now isn't so much her thing and, and, and she didn't allow, you know, any of 
those other influences in the home. She really gave me so much. I mean, the dedication of a mother to practice with all of her kids every single day. I mean, every single day for hours Amazing. and hours and hours. And not only that, after I had passed her up, you know, because, like, the concerto I played when I was seven is the concerto that she didn't play when she was 20. You know, like, I really, yeah. I really, um, you know, so after I passed her up, she got me the best piano lessons that she could afford. And, and you know, you can imagine <laughs> eight kids in, like, a 900-square-foot house and, you know, you're the sole provider. Like, that was a huge sacrifice on her house or on her part. And looking back, I, I, I see that now. You know, she didn't have a, a, a sofa. She didn't have anything, you know, like... There, you sat on a piano bench or you sat on the floor. We all just kind of like slept on mattresses on the floor. Like she didn't have a kitchen table. Like she sacrificed everything so that we could have the lessons and the music. And and it was like the perfect storm for me. You know, some of my siblings, they're not so grateful, right? <laughs> like <laughs> it, it wasn't their passion. And um, they look at it as one of those like just character building things but for me she gave me my instrument I can play anything on the piano that I ever hear in my mind or hear anywhere I don't even have to think it's like an extension of my brain you know wow. like I, I don't I don't have to look at the notes on a page I don't like I, I just posted the other day uh, Rachmaninoff's Prelude um, I posted it on my YouTube channel I've never looked at the music for that Prelude I was going to point out that you have a video on your YouTube channel Ivories in Red which is a, a an original composition of your own, and so it's it's no surprise to see you and hear you play something like that based on the description that you're giving of your upbringing. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's not like a oh, cool me. It's just like the way it was, and and uh, you know, I was I knew by the time I was seven or eight years old that like I was going to be a concert pianist, and that was the expectation and 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 the sacrifices that that my parents both made for, for that are, um, overwhelming and, and something I could, I could never even have enough gratitude for. So the growing up experience was really crazy. And like, if I told you some of the stories, you would just like, you would just be like, wow. But, <laughs> um, but you know, like I, I wouldn't change it because I, you know, they, they gave this to me. Absolutely. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is if you are in a band environment, have a meeting very early on to discuss goals and objectives. If one member has sights set on being a national headliner, another wants to do it full-time but stay local, and the other band members just want to play on an occasional weekend while holding down a 9-to-5 job, your boat is being rowed in three different directions. Get everyone on the same page or jump out and swim to shore to regroup. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. The story alone of being five and being amongst, you know, in, in a college environment, <laughs> that alone... You know, really kind of got to me. I, although I picture, I picture little five-year-old Scarlet looking up at the, these other people, going, "Boy, they're really tall for this age." <laughs> <laughs> I know, and but but nobody ever said like, "Oh, you're five and they're old." Nobody ever said anything like that. Like Amazing. they just said like, "If you're if you're going to hang in this room, you have to work really hard. You have to yeah. like earn your yeah. chance to be here." And so I I was just always the same. Yeah, it was it was a continuance of of what you were getting at home, you know, being drummed into you that look, you really need to, you know, you really need to go all in with this. I'm I'm laughing yeah. in in my head because I'm thinking of, you know, well, it's natural that you became as accomplished as you are on the piano because your mom was a piano teacher. I'm thinking of the movie Groundhog Day when uh, Bill Murray, you know, keeps going back as the day keeps reoccurring and is taking all those lessons and becomes so good so fast, wink, wink, that the piano teacher says to him, you've never had a lesson before? And he says, no, but my father was a piano mover. <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> yeah. Like that's supposed to make him a good dad. <laughs> um, I love Bill Murray. That's an awesome reference. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a lot of useless movie references if you're, if you're not careful. Uh, and even if you are careful. 
Um, so <laughs> <laughs> there, there might be some listeners right now who are thinking, you know, people get these thoughts, you hear stories like these, you know, oh, this girl has daddy issues. Um, and, and, and it's, it's clearly not the case. I mean, you know, you just said your, your father was a free spirit and just kind of, you know, jumped from, from, uh, from job to job is, is really about, you know, you, you were just, you were just flat out brought up in a, in a different environment than, than most of the other kids back then is, is all this is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Scarlett, you wrote, but bear with me, I'm going to read this passage here. You wrote the following. Uh, this, is, this, is, um, this is a direct quote that, that Scarlett wrote herself. I'm intense, and I've been in dark places, and the music saved me, pushed me, made me free. But I think artists ache. It's a requirement. It's what inspires the art in the first place. It starts down low like a throb, a heartbeat. It gets louder and lou- louder and louder. It beats and screams and pounds on our inner walls until we give it air and let it out. My piano was where I found my identity. I disappeared inside myself every time I played. It was my high. It still is. And it means everything to me that you listen. It always will. That is some pretty deep stuff, but I like it. Uh, One. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, one, because it shows what a true artist you are. But two, it reinforces what we continue to talk about so many times on this show is as recently as two weeks ago with uh, with Canadian singer songwriter Roxana, and that is that music is so therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, you know the other the other dynamic of of my my growing up life is that there was a really intense um, religious. Uh, focus and um and, and it's not it's not the same now as it was you know when i was when i was you know a, a child and a teenager my my parents have both become much more uh unconditionally loving and accepting but um they're for the most part um you know all i knew at that point was, um, there was just a very, very, very narrow, uh, like channel of what was acceptable choices and thoughts and, um, actions and desires. There, there was a very narrow channel of, of what was acceptable. And I always knew from the first memories of 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 me i always knew that i had to pretend like i fit you know mm. in that very narrow definition of acceptability but that actually i i did not uh, i did not fit in any way and um you know my my father uh and i are actually very similar um, and yes, he was a free spirit business wise. He couldn't be kept in, in the corporate world anywhere. But as far as like the religion goes, he very much subscribed to that narrow definition of acceptability. He very mm. much, um, and, and he, and he, he didn't fit either. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was determined that he would fit. And I think the parts of me that he saw that were, the same as him, he um, hated, you know, at that point. So, yeah, I did have daddy issues for, <laughs> for a long time. Um, and when I, when I came to California, it was, um, it was not acceptable. When I decided, you know, I'm not going to do this. Even, even like when I was 16, um, it was time for me to go on this big world tour with my concert pianist coach. He sat my parents down and he said, she's ready. We, you know, we'll take her out of school and just have like tutors and it's time. And my parents both were just like, world tour is world and world is not okay. And that's not happening. And, and I didn't get to do that. I had to say no and I had to um I had to choose that the that the remainder of my path was gonna be what my mom's was, which was 
get married when you're still a teenager, have a ton of babies, glorify <laughs> God with your music, and teach piano lessons, you know, for the rest of your life. So when wow. I was 16, I was already a piano teacher when I was 16. I actually started wow. teaching when I was 10. Um, so yeah, I was 10 and I had like 25 piano students. I was a very oh you know, hardworking, responsible little girl. So uh, when I was 16, I just, I, my dream and everything that I had like lived for and given up every friend and birthday party and sleepover and everything mm. for that world tour, that chance to take what I had had made and, and go share it with, you know, fans all over the world was taken away, and mm. instead I resigned myself to, again, fit into that very narrow description of acceptability and, and you know, have, and I changed my path. So, I mean, I continued to practice and I continued to play, but I was no longer, it, w- it was very, um, conscious that I was no longer like allowed to search for stages and and it just became more of a um this is going to be like your character building thing is this isn't you know your 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 destiny or your profession all of those things would be selfish and unacceptable and whatever so um I just I got a ton of piano students I had 60 piano students and I just taught piano and I you know, I resigned myself to um, to living in that, um, you know, in in that way that would make everybody in my family comfortable. And it's not like a oh poor sad me story. Not at all. It's just um, it's just that for all of that time, the music that was in me was was beating so hard to get out. And even when I was a, a concert pianist, the songs that I wrote were even like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be spending your time on that. That's not, you know, that's not the higher art. That's not, um, you know, that's selfish and, and worldly and, and even that, you know. So so even, even, even the songs I tried to erase and I tried to get them to stop, but then, you know, at the point where I wasn't going to be touring as a classical pianist either, even that music started to torture me. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you to say what finally happened because in that quote, you know, you said, and the music saved me, pushed me, made me free. And, and, and there you are now living in California. So at some point, something must've happened that you said, you know, that's it. I, I just can't be this person anymore. I can't live in this box. This isn't who I am. So, so what was it? Was it one thing or was it just the combustion built up enough and, and it finally all just boiled over? Well, that is, that is where my battle cry comes from. That is the moment where, um, and, and it's not one moment. No, it's okay. not. It's a, okay. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a progression but I I became stronger within, but not without at first. You know, on on the inside, I decided that I would I would welcome the music and that I loved it. But I wasn't necessarily brave enough to to take that stand. You know, outwardly, and I was apologetic um, outwardly, and you know, and then. And, and you and you and you go through that process where you you know you get a little bit more mature and you realize you know I want to to be what you want me to be why why would I change what I am and what I love and what fulfills me and and what is me for something that makes you more comfortable and it doesn't matter what it is inside you if it is inside you it is it's you and and. And it has to be something that you come to love and to um, to find beautiful. And I am a firm believer. I I'm a firm believer that every single flavor and variety of person that is on this gorgeous earth is meant to be that way. And so um, that's from that's you know where it comes from for me. And I know that everybody um, has a different path. Um, to get to get there, you know, but that's why I called my first EP Love Scars because, you know, different kinds of love um, 
wound you. Every kind of love, you know, at some point wounds you and and then you heal from the wound and you still have a scar. And the scar is is um like the 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 testament to what you went through and to how it shaped you and to all of the like the beautiful experiences that we have as humans. And so, you know, at that point my my resolve was love your path and love your scars and you know, so that was kind of like the the beginning of the journey and then later when I wrote Battle Cry it was more just like a you know what middle finger to everybody who yeah. doesn't, you know, it became it became much more strong and much more of a you know <laughs> much more of a passionate declaration, you know, yeah. hear my battle cry because I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Well, I must say, you know, I, I really admire your your courage and your passion for sure. I mean, they're 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 very clear. They're very evident throughout throughout everything you're saying. And uh, as I said early on, you know, it's one thing I love about this show is when people come on and, and do what you're doing. Uh, I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Santa Monica, California, is singer songwriter Scarlett Rabe. Uh, visit her official website at www.scarletrabe.com. And her first name is spelled with two T's. And, of course, her last name is R-A-B-E. She is all over social media, too. There's a section on her website called Posts, which gives you links so you can engage with Scarlett on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And, again, remember, there is lots of music from her available for purchase on iTunes. Be sure that you are also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. pains me when I have to say that it's spelled H-E-A-R. People out there spelling it wrong. Crazy. Sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, makes it very easy to get the show every week. It just downloads automatically when a new episode comes out. You don't even have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And as I mentioned before, your feedback about the podcast is always welcome. I suggest that you post that on the Facebook page that I just mentioned, facebook.com slash nowhearthisinc. Scarlett, um, you know, being that I do music management and promotion and, and have a career deeply rooted in communications, meaning public relations, media relations, marketing, that sort of thing, image is always huge with me. I, I really am impressed by everything that you have out there. Your your online presence looks really good, a, a very nice website. You're on all the right social media channels. But you're writing a lot of music. You stay actively engaged with your followers on Facebook and Twitter, for example. You're making music videos. You're recording music. Certainly, you're 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 at a level that a lot of these aspiring artists are trying to get to. Over a million Facebook likes, over seventy thousand Twitter followers, almost thirty four thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel. What advice do you have for those up and comers as it relates to how how you manage to keep up with the many demands on your time? Um, I mean, I think probably the the best piece of advice is that no one is going to do anything for you, and so you may as well just dive in and figure out how to start toward what you want. You know, I, I do make my own films now, but I couldn't in the beginning, and just, you know, by virtue of the fact that no one else is going to do it for you. You've got to, you know, figure it out. You just kind of, you know, YouTube tutorials, you know, are like my best friend. I learned a lot of like first Final Cut and then I transitioned to Premiere Pro, you know, and like watch a lot of YouTube tutorials to teach <laughs> how to, how to, you know, edit and stuff like that. And it's just a lot of like, I, I found that most things that you don't know how to do actually like, it's very demystified once you figure it out, you know, like there's nothing that's, so so hard and there's nothing that's like beyond your reach just just get started and 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 go for it and then tomorrow like go for a little bit more and then tomorrow go for a little bit more and and then after you look back after a lot of tomorrows you look back and you're like oh wow I'm you know I've I've gotten somewhere I you know I'm I'm a firm believer that it's just like a lot of little tiny steps uh strung together you know that make to make a big step. I'm I'm amazed to hear you talk about you know I the the videos 
on the whole that you have on your YouTube channel, again, those look really great. And, and I just assumed it was a case of, well, you know, it's no big deal, Bruce. I'm in L.A. You know, it's par for the course out here. But but you're saying, because, for instance, you know, you've ended up with, with some terrific visual products, such as the Battle Cry video, for instance. And, and you're saying that you largely are, are in control of, of most of what's being published on your YouTube channel? Oh, yes, yes. There's two Battle Cry videos. There's um, the like the first one that doesn't have the lyrics on it, and then the next right. one that I did after that is the lyric video. And the one that doesn't have the lyrics, yes. like, we just we just found this warehouse in um, L.A. It's just a big warehouse, and I begged the people at Schimmel um, to let me use that amazing piano, and they... Uh, Keyboard Concepts is a piano store here in, in Santa Monica, and they have just been fantastic to me. And maybe it's because of my, you know, my concert pianist roots or whatever, but they've just been so fantastic. They let me use it. I mean, that piano is just like crazy incredible. I, you know, I, I have a sister who is a really good dancer, which is how I know I'm a terrible dancer. (laughs) And she's, she's actually in the video and she just got a bunch of her dance friends. And like, I sewed that there's like, um, like the, the costumes that they made, like I sewed the skirts, I dyed wow. the fabric because wow. I I wanted the fabric to have like this like melting kind of fire look. So I just like I like dip dyed it in my shower, and then it didn't come Amazing. out quite right. So then I was like spray painting it with orange paint. Which if you look at my YouTube ch- channel, I do have um, a history of of painting clothes. <laughs> uh, then I just, like, got some string curtains, like the kinds that you're supposed to, like, hang in your bedroom, and I cut them up and duct-taped duct them to, like, elastic and made, like, these stringy belts for the dancers to wear and then just put, like, sports bras on them. I was like, okay, twirl around, and I'm going to play, and then wow. we got some smoke bombs from, like, a uh, the Airsoft BB gun supply shop. I just, like, ordered them online, and, like, we just threw some smoke bombs in there, and bam. You know what I mean? Like... Well, but but there's one aspect that that I do have to kind of ask you about because it sounds to me as though clearly you know you're the one that conceptualized the video and, and you know storyboard and, and all that. But when it comes to actually being in the video, certainly there's there's a crew there that's filming this for you. You can't you can't be in two places at once. Uh, am, am I correct on that, or, or or were you able to to even kind of get it filmed uh, in a non traditional way also? The Battle Cry video, the official one, yes, right. I had a crew for that one. Okay. Every every other thing on my channel is like liter- like the Battle Cry um, lyric video, the one that actually got like voted onto MTV and all that stuff. That was just like like it was like, the cheapest, crappiest like production ever. Like it's this little like garage, and like I shoved this ninety nine dollar piano that I got in Long Beach into the back of my friend's car and like threw some Christmas lights in it. And, um, and then I just like found, you know, cool footage online that I thought was like really dope and edited in to me singing. And, and that's the video that everybody's actually fallen yeah. in love with. Wow. And, and then my fans voted on the MTV. Like <laughs> you don't have, you don't have to have, you don't have to have anything like special or crazy or awesome. You just got to like have an imagination and a lot of and hard work be, and be awesome doing. and be awesome. Um, I'm going to, no, I'm, I'm not awesome. I, well, no, I no, 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 I'm, no, no, I'm saying it. I'm saying it from the, from the standpoint of if you tell yourself, you know, everything that I'm going to do, I'm going to be awesome at it. You know, then there's, it stands a much better chance of saying, well, I don't really have any money and I don't really never made a video, but I don't know how this thing's going to come looking. It's like, well, yeah, I guess it's not going to come out really good if you have that attitude. But if you go into it with the attitude of, hey, let's be awesome, then it's going to come out probably pretty darn good. I I posted this uh, creative process thing on my Instagram the other day. It starts out like, number one, this is awesome. Number two, this is tricky. Number three, this is um, expletive. <laughs> Number four, I am expletive. Number five, uh, this might actually be okay. Number six, this is awesome. That is the way every single thing goes. Like, if you give up at number three and number four where you think it's terrible and you think you're terrible, 
then you never get to get back to the part where it's awesome, but like every single thing. Mm. Every single thing is like tears in the middle. This isn't going to work. What the heck am I thinking? Every single thing is like that. Like don't look at it and think, oh, it's all pulled together and so cool. No, every single thing is tears in the middle and what the crap am I trying to do here? I'm like, I'm a failure. Every single thing, literally. Well, um, we've got time for two more questions. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad because a question that I do want to ask you now, granted, you just sat there and said that, you know, a lot of this you were able to kind of piecemeal together yourself. But what, what, what I'm getting is two weeks ago on episode 34, a Canadian singer-songwriter Roxana told a, a really fascinating story about how a backer came forward on his own willing to finance her music efforts. Um, I, don't, I don't want to give away what prompted that. So listeners, if you haven't listened to episode 34 yet, go back and check that one out. But Scarlett, I have to ask, because you do have so much great media out there and you're having such great success, you know, I, I know you're, you're also someone that, that, you know, will play out on the road. Is, is this all being financed by a backer? Do you have some sponsors? Is there money in the deal with, with Slate Records? Have, have you maybe done some crowdfunding at some point? Um, I haven't done any crowdfunding. Uh, I don't have, like, an investor. Currently, I just have... Um, you know, Slate Records, that's really supportive. And also, um, Slate Records is also very like-minded, like, um, resourceful and, um, just, you know, a really, a really similar spirit to mine. And so what we do, we just do for not a ton of money and, and with a a whole ton of passion, you know, um, I, if there are any backers listening, <laughs> feel free to hit me up because everything gets easier when that's the case. Absolutely. It just hasn't been the case. It hasn't been the case for me thus far, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to let that stop me. But Well, uh, before we close, Scarlett, I mentioned in the intro of today's show that your newest single is called Heart Over Heels. I would love it if you would take this opportunity to bring our listeners inside that song, kind of talk about your inspiration for writing it, maybe when and where you wrote it, those types of things? Oh, it's just this, um, you know, I, I love, I love things that are like bittersweet or, um, you know, that they, that are not just like one, one side of, of an emotion. I love something that can capture like the fleeting, sadness of like a summertime fling at the same time as capturing the the high and the wonderful um just rush that it is and so that's what I was hoping to capture capture in that song it's just you know like it's a you know I fall head over heart over heels and actually when I first wrote the song I called it somersaults because I had this like <laughs> vision of like falling and then getting back up and falling and, you know, it's just like, so it was, it had like this whole somersault chorus, but then I decided somersault is a weird word. So, <laughs> um, I just called it heart over heels, but yeah, I mean, it's just this, uh, you know, it's, it's the, it's the nostalgia for the moment that you're in right now, like not nostalgia for something that happened before or whatever, but just like, nostalgia for the moment you're in right now because it's such an amazing moment and then it's going to pass and you know it's going to be over and it's going to be a memory and so you're like trying to hold on to it as hard as you can just you know in the moment and so uh that's basically it we've got the heat of a summertime fling and i fall head over heart over heels i love it i love it and uh, have very much in, well. It's a, it's a it's a great song, um, listeners. As as you'll hear in, in just a minute here, and 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 Scarlett, you're you're just doing tremendous things. So um, by all means, keep it up and, and and continued best wishes for for nothing but but more success. I appreciate it so much, Bruce. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks for for taking the time and for giving such a, a tremendously insightful and and again, no surprise, passionate interview today. I, I really appreciate it. Anytime. Let's do it again, okay? Awesome. I will, as always, close by formally thanking my guest, if I can say my new friend, uh, singer-songwriter yes. Scarlett Rabe. Last reminder, please visit her official website, her very nice website. It's www.scarletrabe.com. And as I've mentioned previously, her first name is spelled with two T's and her last name is R-A-B-E. 
Remember that she is very active on social media, too. Join the over 1.3 million strong on her Facebook page. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram. Check out her official YouTube channel and just stay tuned in with with all that she has going on. Eventually, uh, when there's things like tour dates and that type of thing, you'll want to be one of the first to know. Remember that you can easily access all of her social media through the section of her website that says Posts. And of course, do please legally purchase her music from iTunes. Don't forget to visit (laughs) www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Please give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio as well, and hopefully even a five-star rating to accompany that. It actually does help the show quite a bit. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there. And you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. As I mentioned before, let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song by Scarlet Rabe. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Heart Over Heels. 